This is episode 201 with Ryan Mundy. You're tuned into Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today we are joined by Ryan, Super Bowl champion, pioneer mental health advocate, father, husband, and founder of Alchemy Health. We talk about how Ryan was able to blend his passions and experience into running Alchemy Health, the premier mental health platform for the culture. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. Helping you simplify your therapist search in a way that makes getting you the help you need easy. Therapy isn't just for when you find yourself in a dark hole with nowhere to go. I've personally found it helpful to connect with a licensed professional on a frequent basis to proactively talk through the puzzles that I'm actively solving in my life. And thanks to BetterHelp, you as a listener of the show can try therapy today for 15% off your first month. Head on over to betterhelp.com slash foreverathlete. That's betterhelp.com slash foreverathlete today to learn more and connect with a therapist that understands you. Now back to the show. Ryan shares how he's navigated adult friendships in various seasons of his life and how he's building the leading black wellness brand since walking away from football. So let's dive into it. Ryan, man, welcome to Forever Athlete Radio. I appreciate you joining us on the show here. Um, I've been following your content for a while, so excited for this conversation. But first and foremost, how are you feeling? Uh, today I am feeling, uh, energized. I'm feeling clear. Uh, I'm feeling light and, uh, you know, I'm just feeling, I have like a sense of like internal peace right now, mm. right? Like I'm just very present, if you will, uh, and excited about like taking on the now and everything that it ha- that has in store for me. If only we could just bottle that up and like tap into that every single day. Right. But it's sleeping. <laughs> But we can, we really can. You know why? Because life is never not now, mm. right? We are always in the now. The past is a former version of the now. The future is a is a, um, a now that has not come to us yet, right? Like we should always be in the present. Um, and so that's just a little tidbit for you. We can, it's accessible to us right now. Um, we just got to tap into it. I'll be curious. Let's start there. How, given your life, um, we talked a little bit, right before this, like family, kids, running a company, all the things keeping you out of the now, what are some just go-to practices of your own that you're doing daily to just try to keep you here and not worrying about the 20 other things that are probably going on right now as this conversation is going on right now? Yeah, I just try to be present. I can only do one thing at a time uh, or I'm effective doing one thing at a time. Mm. Uh, Again, you know, Anxiety comes from thinking about things that I need to do next that I can't do right now. Uh, depression and other forms like frustration comes from things that I have done that I can no longer go back and fix. And so I just really developed the, uh, the skill. Uh, and this is like a, a practice that I newly developed practice, but just being present, man, this is all I got is right now. And, um, you know, really leaning into that and, and being conscious and not overthinking. Has this always been the way that you've thought and the mindset or what, what shifted for you that this became more of a, a present focus and the intentionality yeah. is what I'm hearing as you speak there? Yeah, it wasn't easy. I'll tell you that much. Uh, it, it took me some time, some mistakes, some uh, difficulties, some tough situations uh, over the last several years to really get to this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, business related, just personal related, just kind of going through a lot. Uh, and ultimately, you know, finding, trying to find myself externally, uh, I unlocked uh, the treasure that was within, right? And that journey within never, ever stops, right? We always try to find ourselves in things external, but the key is going inside. And uh, I, I really had to find the strength uh, and, and uh, I guess the commitment to like take that journey inward. Um, and I, I think that's how I got here. More specifically though, uh, a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle mm. uh, really unlocked a lot of things that I was feeling, experiencing, and it put language around them to help me understand uh, so that I could live out the things that I knew to be true on a daily basis. What was the timeline of you kind of coming across that book and just personal development, uh, mental health resources, all of the things, was that pre uh, career ending or was that, this is after your, your playing career just for reference? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to really quick, 
really quickly to set the stage on like the whole timeline, right? So got drafted in 2008, Pittsburgh Steelers, five years there, uh, one year in New York with the Giants um, in 2013, and then two in Chicago with the Bears 2014-2015. During that time and like transition, that's where things really started to, let's say, get interesting for me, where mm-hmm. at the first time in my life, I had to figure out who I am when I'm no longer tackling somebody. I played football for 24 years. And it was at that point where there was two paths. There was a personal path and there was a professional path. And a professional path, like I knew I could get in front of anybody. I was relatively smart, educated, had an MBA. So I was just like really trying to drum that up. But inside I was really struggling, uh, dealing with anxiety, depression, identity issues, so on and so forth. And it felt like I was living kind of two lives, right? Like externally, you know, engaging guy, you know, ambitious, trying to take care of my, my family and move on to the next uh, version of, of what I want to do. Uh, but inside that was holding, I couldn't do that because my inside wasn't healed and I wasn't ready to move mm. forward. And it was, it was like this, this tension that I was living with. Uh, and it wasn't really until recently, uh, and recently being this year where I really started to uh, tap into the power of now, unlock some things via tools and resources um, that got me to this place. But again, it was filled with a lot of ups, downs, mistakes, big time mistakes um, that I've been fortunately been able to recover from. Uh, and, and the thing with mistakes is like, they're not mistakes unless you don't learn from them. And so I've always mm-hmm. tried to learn from my mistakes and apply them moving forward. And I think all that and more got me here. I love that. Well, was there hesitant hesitancy in you given the background I, I can speak to the athlete background I can't speak to your whole experience that's for sure um, but I know in just when we talk athlete mental health in general right there's this hesitancy to buy in um, to mm-hmm. some of these tools that I'm sure you're alluding to whether that be breath work meditation I always joke on this show like I remember when my coach I swam and my coach in high school would be like all right we're going to visualize and be like, sweet, Mm -hmm. 20 minute nap time. Like, this is great. I didn't, it wasn't until after the fact, and it took, I was very hesitant to even buy into these, the mental side of mental performance, and then even more so mental health resources. So be curious in your own journey, like, how did you overcome the stigmas of not just athlete culture, but other, you know, experiences in your life as well to actually be open enough to take advantage of these resources that we now know to be so beneficial? Yeah, uh, I think it's two things. Uh, one, uh, I've always had a heart to help people. Mm. Um, you know, I, I know and have a lot of confidence in my own personal ability to accomplish things, accomplish whatever I put my mind to uh, and, and, and ultimately serve people in doing so. Like I want to help, I want to serve, I want to make uh, not only my life better, but I want to make everybody's lives better collectively. Like, that's how I think. Uh, so that was one part of the equation. And then the other part was, you know, just I lived it personally. And so, uh, you know, and I and I have kind of a gusto for like new ideas, uh, new concepts and kind of going where nobody has gone before. Like, I want to I want to do that. Like, that's interesting to me. And so those two uh, combined together where like mental health conversations weren't uh, and our resources were still very much so taboo. Uh, but I knew that I needed help. And if I knew that I needed help and I was in you know, a relatively good spot, I played eight years in the NFL, uh, had resources, uh, had a great family, got a lot of things going for me and I'm still struggling. If I got all that going on for me and I'm still lost inside, then imagine what's going on with folks who don't have that. Um, and so that was a real driver for me. And I saw that show up immediately in my family. And so, uh, again, just a heart to serve and, and help people. And then also just like personal experience um, and, and um, wanting to be a change agent uh, really were a catalyst for me getting started with Alchemy. Yeah. Was there any, I don't know if guilt's the right word, but conflict there of people would argue outside looking in that you have all this stuff. So how could you feel that way? Um, like, what was that situation? What was that experience like? Is guess what I'm curious about mostly. Yeah, I think it's hard to reconcile when you put it like that, right? Like, oh, yeah. you got this, this, and this, so you should have this. That's not how it works. 
you know, unfortunately, money money is important, right? And I and I acknowledge that one thousand percent. But it does not buy you happiness, and it does not buy you fulfillment, and it does not get you purpose. Uh, and that's what I truly believe that we're here on earth to do is uh, live in our purpose and be fulfilled and live in that purpose. And money, if you are able to accumulate it, doing fulfilling your purpose is an added bonus. Mm. Um, and for a long time, I was able to do all three of those things. But when I was no longer, I didn't have purpose or I didn't have fulfillment in what I was doing, the money wasn't helping me at all. Like I needed something to kind of light my fire. Uh, and I think that's what we all need and that's what we all desire. Uh, and again, if we're able to make money doing that, that's an added bonus. And so, uh, yeah, I there, there was some initial kind of guilt. And I think still athletes to this day, they deal with like, oh man, I have this, this, and this, so I should be, uh, I should be okay. No, you should be thankful, but that does not make you okay, right? There's a mm. huge difference there. Like I'm very thankful and appreciative of all the resources that I've been able to work and accumulate, but that doesn't solve the problem. So there's a difference between being thankful uh, and also making sure that, uh, you know, you're not convoluting or saying that money should be the cure because it is not. Yeah, I was about to say, it reminds me of, I guess, what was this now, two summers ago with uh, most recent Olympics, Simone Biles coming forth and, you know, the talking heads yeah. coming forth then and saying, well, you should just power through. It's the Olympics. You, you only have this every four years and, and whatnot. But to your point, you know, when and she was dealing with a whole other host of things as well, it was a safety issue and not just, uh, and, and not that mental health isn't a safety issue, but she had that on top of the mental health um, battles yeah. that she was going through there. It's just interesting. You know, it, it fascinates me, this conversation uh, as it pertains to, we're so understanding when you go out and, you know, God forbid you have an injury and it's like, okay, it makes yeah. sense that Ryan's not playing uh, today or this week. But the moment that you're like, oh no, I just mentally I'm not in that headspace to go play. Ironically, that's almost even more dangerous because if you're not in that headspace, if you're not present on the field, right. I can only imagine what, you know, risk that you're oh, I mean, that, right? A, a host of things are, can and more than likely will go, go wrong. Like, you know, you'll probably lose a game. You'll be a liability on there just from an execution and responsibility standpoint. Uh, if you're not fully committed or engaged physically, you're susceptible to injury. I mean, there's just so much... Um, you know, that can, can go wrong in those scenarios. And you bring up a really interesting point around like being present. That's what I found out that sports allow me to do. And I think enables all athletes to do is just to be present. Like imagine when you're out on the field or the, uh, or the court um, or wherever your particular sport is played, like you're in that moment and you're just present and conscious about the activity that you're doing. You're not necessarily thinking about tomorrow. You ain't thinking about, the next day because everything that environment forces you into the now right to execute to be responsible to be reactive all those things and i think uh, through like reflection that's a big component i think of like the driver particularly around how you see uh, sometimes the, the rocky transitions for athletes mm -hmm. when they're no longer when they don't have a an, an opportunity to like dive into the now and be present because that's what sports was for them. And then so they're like, you know, and this was me too. I was just like a wandering fish. Don't know where to be present. Don't know what to do. Don't know how to go deep into something and fully commit. Uh, and again, that goes back to like the purpose, the fulfillment, uh, et cetera, that I think sports really uh, bring to the forefront and, and enables you to be present and really focus on the now. Yeah, a hundred percent. you said it earlier too, right? This for 24 years of your life, you had this GPS set where it was relatively straightforward and easy of, well, you mm -hmm. start off playing at a certain level and then you got to work your way up high school, get, get recruited, go to college, get drafted, go play in the league um, and you just climb this ladder. And then all of a sudden it's like the, the confines are lifted to your point and it's a free for all. It's like, go, go do. What was that process for you trying to find and define who you were without the game. Because um, I think that is something that so many of us struggle with. Once that that one piece of who we are is no longer there, we struggle to then understand like, well, where can I 
take pride in what makes me feel confident where do i feel the most locked in here we kind of escape we see it a lot of athletes escaping the now when they're, they're yeah. not happy with the now uh, that was me yeah. for years <laughs> yeah and it's interesting when you try to escape what is what it already is like mm. and, and so i could get super deep on this stuff but like and it, when the now is happening let's put it that way like you have a choice to accept it as if you chose it right because it's happening hell or high water that happened and it is currently happening so like it would kind of be backwards to kind of go against what's happening but how do you use that energy and momentum to like propel you moving forward so it's kind of like this reverse cycle like it's come at you and then you switch it around and move latch on and move forward right um but yeah it's interesting to uh to kind of think about particularly uh with some of the things that athletes go through uh and and um i'm sorry what was the question you're good man um in in terms of through your own journey uh with identity and kind of finding Uh, yourself post the one thing that quote unquote defined you for so long oh yeah yeah it's um i hate well hate's a strong word but i didn't want anything to do with football when i retired it was it was not a healthy relationship um and and you know i retired injured like physically injured and you know also was psychologically hurt as well and so you know having a healthy relationship with football was particularly difficult for me um but i got to a point and I had to go back into my past and kind of gather some learnings there. Mike Thomas said something really important during my, my rookie season. He said, football is not who you are, it's what you do, right? So you got to be able to s- separate your being from your activity. Like, don't always put your worth and your value into what you do on a daily basis. You are more than that and you are beyond that. Um, and that's a interesting concept to really apply to because you know, on the surface, if you are, if you just subscribe to like, I am a football player, then what happens when you're done playing football? Or I am a basketball, what happens when you're done doing that? Then what are you? Mm-hmm. And so, and I think that, again, that happens a lot in this transition phase for a lot of athletes. That's why athletes go through what they go through when leaving a game. Um, but for me, particularly, I had to get to a space where uh, I said, I'm a world-class athlete. Uh, undoubtedly and the things that I've done and accomplished uh, people would only hope and dream to accomplish but what enabled me and what allowed me to accomplish that yes physical ability was important I'm big I'm strong I'm fast yeah I could do all of that but what supported those activities it was my mindset it was my ability to endure on a daily basis to subject myself to uncomfortable situations arrive in those situations with a mindset um, that is uncommon, you know, in the world, right? Like not everybody wants to run into 300 pounders over and over again. Not everybody, not everybody wants to, you know, spend three hours in the weight room consistently day after day, month after month, year after year. People don't want to do that. Right. And so that's a mindset and that's intrinsic. That's not anything that has to do with your physical capabilities, but that's who you are at your core. So once I got to that level of understanding, like, look, look this is who I am right? This is my makeup, uh, not my bench press, not my 40 time, but who I am on the inside. Um, I just started to immediately look for opportunities to apply those uh, intrinsic characteristics and skill set. Where could I apply those next? And for me, it was in uh, entrepreneurship and uh, startups. I love that. I was about to say, it, it sounds like not a natural, well, when you boil it down that way, it seems so simple, right? Uh, but it is it is so interesting how we like to overcomplicate things and we get caught up on just the littlest detail of like, well, but like, like I, I learned personally in my life that it was a harsh reality. I was going, wanted to go to grad school and I was like, well, if I, I didn't have the GPA because I just identified solely as swimming as a swimmer mm-hmm. in college. And then when it came time to apply, it was like, oh, well, they'll just if I just tell them my times like I'll get the interview yeah. and like I'll get through and it was this harsh reality where no one cared how fast I went in the pool I still didn't have the GPA like I didn't have the other prerequisites needed to get 
in the door. Um, but it is so simple, right? In a lot of ways, like it, it really is just that. How, how are those things showing up for you now still? And do you find just as you've gotten more and more in alignment, skipping ahead a few years here, that you found a new way to, to find that feeling of game day flow of like in the zone yeah. kind of moment that you experienced exclusively maybe on Sundays or Saturdays at different points in your career. How are you finding that now in what you do? Yeah, it again, it took me a minute to kind of get here. Uh, I had to build my knowledge base back up. I had to build my skill level back up. I had to you know, exercise and develop some muscles that I hadn't exercised or developed as an athlete, like running a business. There's a lot of parallels to being an athlete, but there's a lot of stark differences, a whole lot, right? So I had to challenge myself and develop myself in a whole bunch of new and um, let's call it interesting ways. Um, and so finally getting to that point of like, look, you know, taking the training wheels off, I feel good about this. Like, uh, you know, I've taken enough lumps, I've applied the learnings. And now uh, what it really allows you to get in that flow and get in that zone is confidence in your skill level. Like, you know, I'm a baller. I'm not worried about it. Like, I'm going to go out there and do my thing, right? Like, that's what ballers do. Uh, and, and until you get confidence in your skill level, you know, they're, they're, uh, that flow is hard to achieve and also make consistent. And so that's where I think I'm at right now, right? Like, I've mm. been at this. I've been out of the NFL for six years now. Uh, I've taken a huge lap around the city of Chicago and also the country. Not many things that I haven't touched and or know or, you know, have some sort of like experience with as it relates to just like business, entrepreneurship, startups. I've touched it all. Crypto, NFTs. I started a company before this company. I've invested in this. I've touched a lot of different things. Um, and all that has gotten me to this point where like, you know, skill and experience there. There's an environment yeah. there. And then that, that allows me to just kind of be a lot more present be a lot more effective um, and really, you know, start to take things to the next level now. Quick one for you. As someone who's moved around seven times in the last five years, I know how hard it is to find new experiences and more importantly, friends, each place that life continues to take me. That's why we've created the Forever Athletes Social Club, a membership platform with curated experiences that help you grow closer to yourself and those around you. As a member of the Social Club, you'll receive a weekly experience to go and try in your community, as well as meet up events and opportunities to introduce you to like-minded individuals. Now, this isn't your cheesy alumni group filled with awkward conversation and overwhelming self-promotion from that one dude from high school that's just trying to help you get passive income in your life. No, the Social Club is a vetted, safe space for you to be your authentic self and grow with a like-minded community all over the world. Come join the free platform over at foreverathletesocialclub.com and start making teammates for life today. How was, how was your immediate support system in that journey in supporting you trying and putting your hands in a whole bunch of different things? Because I would imagine the norm, quote unquote, is, well, like it's, it's always the question, right? Like when you're thinking about retiring or you're forced to retire, whatever the circumstances may be. It's okay. always, well, what's next? And it's like the same expectation as you'll pick that one thing and now you'll just go with it. So you kind of went, again, quote unquote, against the norm, but not really. You just put your hands in a bunch of different things. You got really curious and gained a lot of experience and confidence in that process. But what mm -hmm. was that like from a support system? Like, how did those people around you show up for you in that journey? Um. They kind of just let me be. They said, you know what, right? <laughs> if you say so, Brian, uh, you can do it. Um, but uh, more than that, it was it was a great deal of patience um, and understanding, particularly for my wife. Uh, you know, I, again, I tried a bunch of different things uh, and they weren't all successful. And so, uh, you know, that I was, a, I was away from home, not a, a crazy amount, but away from home for sure. You have two young daughters, et cetera. So, um, you know, I, I have a team that supports me, that enables me to kind of show up in the world, uh, and that starts at home. And then also just like my greater support system, my family, uh, they've always been there for me. Uh, I could literally count on maybe two hands, the amount of games that my parents have missed uh, over 24 years. And, and so 
people have always been there for me, have always shown up for me. I've always had a strong community. And I think that's really why I said what I said earlier around like people show up for me. So I'm trying to show up for people, right? Mm. Like that's just kind of built, it's just kind of built into who I am as a person. Um, but yeah, and then I have a really great friend network. Uh, I've been blessed and fortunate to play with some really incredible teammates over the, uh, the course of my career. I mean, like quite literally the best. Um, you know, played at Michigan, Pittsburgh. I mean, these are creme de la creme organizations, not in football, but in sports. Um, and the people that I met along the way are still in my life and still support me to this day. I to say it's always the best when it actually produces lifelong teammates, right? Not just exclusive to that, that time together. It's funny you mentioned that because I saw a recent post on the, the Alchemy page around centered around adult friendships. That was one of the topics mm-hmm. that I kind of wanted to hit you with because, like I said earlier, um, it's just me. Like, I don't have a family. I don't have kids. And I find it hard enough to juggle, like, business, personal relationships, and even trying to think about dating and going that route. So I'm curious as to how does one who has a wife, two daughters, and a business juggle adult friendships in his life? Uh, great question. Uh, I would, my immediate knee-jerk response is there's room for improvement there for me. Uh, but by and large, you know, I have, again, a great friend group, um, which I can talk to. Um, I just need to be more proactive at times with my communication. So that's, if there's some grace for me, it's well, like, you know, I can be like a, um, what are those? Uh, not a sonic boom, but like, what are the stars? They kind of shine really bright and then they flash out like just like hey, a shooting star a, uh, yeah yeah like hey let's go do this we have a great time and you may not hear from me for like a month uh and i hit you up like hey what are you doing uh and then we'll try to get back into the fold um but yeah just on the bigger build managing priorities um you know that's something that again i've really been leaning into a lot of being present uh, particularly around family time uh, so just trying to make sure that whatever I'm doing or wherever I'm at, I'm doing that and giving people my, my full attention uh, to make sure that that is a meaningful engagement uh, with folks. And so I, w- I would say it's that um, and then just making sure that I'm not taking on too much. Uh, there was a time when I was trying to figure things out. Like I was just saying yes to everything. Advisory board, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. I'm just trying to figure it out. Uh, can no longer do that until I say no a lot and I'm actually in the process of decommitting from a lot of things really just to kind of improve my focus and my impact on the things that you know I'm committed to uh, and passionate about to really drive impact I love that what do you have a process now of discerning between whether it be opportunities that come your way because I'm sure you're getting pitched things left and right now which ironic isn't that funny how things shift over six years like six years ago you were willing to try everything and now it's like oh wait you actually have to exercise this no muscle as well people want you on board you're no longer asking um but do you have a process as you discern between whether it even just be opportunities that come your way from a professional standpoint or even in your personal life of friends asking you to go do x y and z and you kind of have to sit back and say you know i can't right now it's just not the season for that for you yeah, uh, I would say no formal process. Uh, I'm highly relying on my gut and intuition. Uh, and then if there's like a tactical item, I just look at my calendar and, and that will tell me no. Like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I've just been very mindful and cognizant about it, right? Because I want to be, operate with integrity with my word and also like my commitments. And so if I say I'm going to do something, I really got to make sure that I'm, I'm behind it and um, I can commit to it. Um, and then I would say like, look, you know, how is this? I'm going to, if somebody's asking me to do something, is there an opportunity for me to kind of pull alchemy into the fold? Is there like, what does that look like? Cause I'm, I'm collaborative, right? Uh, and I want to support, but you know, I also want to think about like, what's the, the mutual win or the collaborative win? Uh, and I do that with my company. Like anytime that I go and ask people for something or ask them to like participate, like I frame it up as a win-win. Here's what like, here's how it helps out me. Here's how we want to help you. 
uh, whether that's giving away subscriptions or whatever it is, uh, or some sort of compensation, but we always make sure that we show up, uh, not just always asking for things and not looking to return a favor. Mm. I was about to say, I love that you brought up the win-win feature because so many people are always, especially early on, just looking for, like, what can I get from this? What can I get yeah. from that? And very mm-hmm. rarely do we actually show or lead with value in our own front, being like, hey, this is actually mm-hmm. what I can provide you. It'd be great if in return, this could happen to some mm-hmm. degree. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes people don't even ask, uh, <laughs> like, how can I help? Right. Like, that's the starting point. Uh, because we all can uh, be helpful in our own little way. Um, and the thing is, we all need help at some point along the way. A hundred percent. I mean, we can only get as far as, honestly, we can only get as far as our support team, a support system allows us to, but it's twofold. Absolutely. Like we got to be able to communicate what we need <laughs> from our support system yep. for them to show up yep. in the way that we need them to. Yeah. I'd love to know, like with, with Alchemy here, what has been kind of the biggest biggest hurdle so far that you guys have faced and, and what was that like getting over it or are you currently in it? I'm still currently in it uh, and it is relative to the day, mm. uh, but <laughs> specifically, you know, starting a company is hard, right? Like idea generation is hard, making that idea real, getting that idea funded, getting other people to believe in that idea. Like there's so much that has to go right. And I mean, so much. Um, And I could go on and on and on about that, but I'll give you something tactical here. Building a company in a remote environment is challenging. Um, It's hard to build culture over Zoom. Everybody's behind the screen. You gotta schedule everything. It's, it's a lot, right? And then level of intentionality, I think, can be draining at sometimes because you have to think about, um, again, scheduling. You have to think about, like, making sure that you're clearing your communication. And by and large, all that communication is primarily written, email, Slack, whatever it is. Uh, and so the level of intentionality and building culture in a remote environment um, is extremely challenging. And... Uh, we've had our ups and downs as it relates to that, um, but by and large, I would I would call that out as like the challenge um, that I've experienced coming out of. Um, yeah, building a building a company in a remote environment is hard. I was about to say the irony of correct me if I'm wrong. Your tagline is like mental health for the culture, and you're talking about the struggle of building the culture <laughs> in the back end of things. Yeah. It's real. Yeah, I mean, it, it's work, right? And, I, yeah. and I'm candid about that. Like, you know, we have person, like every company has personalities and people bring their personalities to work and uh, we're all passionate about the mission and passionate about the vision. Um, and, and we got to make sure that we stay uh, tight on the culture piece uh, within, right? And so that we can make sure that we're moving the mission forward accordingly. But I'll just say, you know, again, it's not like anything that I would call like detrimental, mm. uh, if you will. Because uh, everything, every I think no one's perfect and everybody has their challenges. But when I look at like the hard part about getting something going off the ground, building momentum, it's just hard to build connections over Zoom, on Zoom all damn day, screen time all damn day. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like the in-person connectivity of like particularly with people that you work with and that you're building with, that energy you can't replace. How do you guys combat that? Or is your team spread out all over at this point? And it's just, how are you dealing with it or, or solving that puzzle, I guess, as it continues to present itself? I mean, we try to be intentional about non-work time in a virtual environment. So like virtual happy hours, lunches, et cetera. Uh, and then also uh, we get together quarterly for offsite meetings. Uh, that feels like it's not enough, right? Like that's only four times a year. And so like, how do we increase that frequency? Um, and then also too, I'm gonna start thinking about just like uh, other opportunities for us to, to do more team outings, uh, maybe do another offsite where it's just not even work. Like, hey, let's go take a trip somewhere or do something. Mm. Um, but just really thinking about like those team building opportunities that aren't so, uh, structure is not the right word but 
uh, and how they increase the, the touch point. Uh, mm -hmm. Like I have a higher level of touch beyond a computer screen, which really the opportunities that I look for now. Yeah, I was about to say, it's, it's ironic. Your brain went to the same word. I was like, structure, that's what he's thinking of. And it's like, no, it's not quite, quite. Because um, connection, I think, is interesting because you can only facilitate it so much. But if you have it structured out to a T from, you know, this is the first 30 seconds of the meeting all the way through your employees and the likelihood that they're actually going to connect are probably not as not as high of a likelihood as if you left a little bit of room for spontaneity and organic connection to happen in that process yeah. too, right? Yeah, you got to have flow. Like we can't over-processize stuff and say like, that's not good. Is it similar to, you know, playing days of you had the game plan, you had certain plays, but there was a little bit of freedom for you to to kind of operate within, whether it be in a zone defense or, or whatever uh, that looked like, but similar? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's like process uh, and process can be synonymous with structure, but structure just feels very rigid. Mm. You can have a very fluid process. Uh, a process can be very fluid. Uh, and that's sometimes I think the two get confused. Uh, and so in football, we had a lot of processes in the way that things worked and they were, you know, fluid. As long as you understood like your role responsibility and ultimately made the play and got your job done, operate within the process. Um, and, and I particularly learned that uh, from a legendary player, Troy Palomalu. Uh, not a bad guy to learn from. Not a bad guy. Uh, <laughs> and, and don't get me wrong, sometimes he made up his own process. Uh, <laughs> the best of us do, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. And there's only a select few that have that agency, uh, only a select few. Um, and, and I'll say this, like when, when it works out, uh, it is, it's game change, not only game changing, not only season changing, it is like organizational type of legendary type plays that happen in that moment. Uh, but then when it doesn't work, it's not a pretty sight either. Uh, you know, those are bad plays too. Um, but yeah, just having the, the, the opportunity to say like, look, here's an example, like I'm playing cover two. Um, you know, I'm at the time 6'2", 210 pounds, right? Like I play cover two and I move a little bit different than somebody who's 5'9", and you know, 195. Like you got different agility, athleticism, et cetera. So we have to operate within the same framework of responsibility. Like, look, I got half the field, but how you do that? Right, like what are the steps that you take to get half the field? There's some similarities there, but like we gotta have, we gotta put ourselves in position based off of our abilities to drop and make the play and handle our responsibilities. Yeah, I'm hearing a lot of like you got to play to. I mean, you you had to understand your strengths to play to your strengths in that sense. And then I'm curious now as as the CEO, as the founder of of Alchemy, and you're empowering this team around you. It's not just you anymore. How are you setting up a culture that is empowering the people that work with you to have autonomy, but also stay fluid within that process? Yeah, uh, that is really top of mind for me right now because I literally just said to the team this morning, play to your strengths. Uh, and and that's, that's a challenge, not a challenge, but it's an opportunity when you're building something. Mm. When you're building a building a company like nothing is there you got to build it and you got to uh, kind of build the plane while you're flying a little bit and then you have people coming into the organization uh, who have capabilities strengths uh, etc and candidly it doesn't always materialize um, on how what you perceive to be a strength and then you actually get out onto the field you say well that's not a strength, right? Like we thought that you could, it's the same thing as sports, like your scouting report, like they scout you and then they get you on the field and into the organization and they see like, oh, well, maybe this is not how it should work out. Or maybe you shouldn't play this position, right? There's no shame in that. Like, cause now you're a part of the team, right? And so let's be honest with one another. Let's be real. And let's put you in a position to win and play to your strengths. And that's what teams do. And so that's what I'm about. Uh, I'm about having the right people do the right things Let's not overcomplicate things or like title, hierarchy, all that jazz. I don't come from that world, right? I come from a world of saying like, look, you know, this is your position, right? And these are your responsibilities. 
and uh, let's play for those strengths. Again, like there's five, six, six safeties on the team. At some point, we all got to play cover two. And there's a lot of similarities in how we need to play cover two, but there's also a lot of stark differences based on who's in the game. Right. And so that's uh, the magic that I'm trying to like carry over and pull through uh, some of the learnings that I had in the NFL uh, into, I won't say corporate because my company is not corporate, but business. <laughs> I was about to say that that's the, that's the no word, right. In uh, startup culture, definitely, definitely not a corporate yeah. environment that you're, you're building here. I love it, man. What do you, what are you most excited uh, for right now? It could be within alchemy or it could be just within life in general, but I'm just curious to, to hear what's exciting you right now at this moment in time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm excited for my company and, and our, our opportunity to continue to move forward and do good. Uh, we've learned a lot over these last two years. Um, we went through some ups, we went through some downs, and it's all gotten us to this point where, again, I'm, I'm operating with a, within a space of like clarity, peace, and just being present, mm. where it's like inspiring an energy and momentum that quite frankly, I don't know if I've, I won't say ever, but I haven't had this feeling in a long time. And so I'm operating with that in mind and just really being really, really effective. And so we have a, a lot of great things that we're going to roll out over the next several months uh, to continue development and focus on providing uh, content products and experiences with top tier wellness influencers from the culture. And then also, as I mentioned, just like I have a heart and I saw a, a gap as it relates to health and wellness for communities of color, specifically the black community, there's also a huge gap as it relates to uh, health and wellness. Uh, and support for athletes. Um, and that's the other part of my being. And honestly, um, the a, a primary driver of why I started Alchemy. And so we have some initiatives and opportunities that we're gonna roll out uh, that we will start serving the athlete audience because I mean, literally today, um, Deontay Wilder uh, yeah. you know, is, is, on, is on the pivot talking about suicidal thoughts. Two weeks ago, it was John Wall. You mentioned Simone, like, it just keeps happening and happening and happening, right? And I, I understand things and I could see like cycles. I'm like, oh, well, this is a cycle and ain't nobody doing anything about it. That's what I saw with alchemy and a black community. And I'm seeing the same exact problem with athletes uh, and health and wellness. And so I'm excited about taking on this opportunity uh, to do, to launch a very similar initiative to start serving athletes as well. Yeah, I mean, where do you start in that? Because very similarly, like that's a lot of my mission within Forever Athlete is, you know, I, I speak a lot to proactive mental health. And I think we need to get out ahead of it somehow. But it's it's changing the tide and changing years and years of um, just built up. It's always been done this way type mentality, right? So I'm, I'm just curious as to collectively you know how how do we start to shift the culture and shift the the wave and the tide in a favor that puts the athlete first and empowers them to reach out to these resources it's almost like i had this discussion actually let me rephrase that because i had someone had a few um doctors and experts in this field a few weeks ago come on the show we were talking about how mm -hmm. You know, what we've seen to not be enough as far as it's primarily a, a, uh, a stark problem in the NCAA in relationship to athlete mm -hmm. mental health there. It's like mm -hmm. you keep seeing – talk about cycles, right? How many, unfortunately, headlines do we get of athlete takes their life for X, Y, and Z? Um, in every single university, it's like copy and paste response. We made a doctor available – reach out to them if you need anything they're there for counseling services it's been the same response mm -hmm. for the past i don't know 20 years at least 10 years since i've been following it um so how do we get out ahead of it is my question to you because i have my thoughts on it but i want to hear your thoughts as well and yeah like take a collaborative fight <laughs> to actually make it yeah um, yeah it's um it really takes like <laughs> the, the phrase that comes to mind is like self-advocacy, 
Uh, and that and that's what I I know I represent. Like I'm an athlete. Uh, and I was an athlete my entire life. And I played in the NCAA, I played in the NFL. And self-advocacy needs to go beyond. Um, I think the conversations are great, right? Because now a lot of folks are having conversations, but then it's like, well, then what? Mm -hmm. Right? And I've been blessed and fortunate uh, to actually build a then what, right? Like we build tools, we build resources, we built an information library and content, and we have experts, right, that can support you, right? Like nobody is proactively doing that part. Mm. Uh, when I look at it and I see, uh, you know, athletes coming out and sharing their stories, and then all these companies come out of the woodwork, I'm just trying to get them on their marketing campaigns, uh, right? To to hopefully reach a new audience, but they're not effectively solving a problem, mm. right? They're not saying like, okay, an athlete had a problem. How do I solve the athlete's problem? Not, oh, an athlete had a problem. Let's get them into our marketing materials and then start talking to other people about like how athletes have problems. It's just a different way of thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was, like, I mean, I, it, go ahead. It, it, it's not rocket science, right? Like you just, and what we do at Alchemy is not rocket science. Just be intentional. Mm. that's it and say like look i'm going to solve this person's problems that's it not you know be reactive to this person's problems or not figure out how this person's problems benefit me or sweep this person's problems under the rug and act like they're not an issue uh because i got to keep things going business as usual like no let's just solve the problem and so that's my approach it's just like okay like i've lived through this i've been through this let's go ahead and solve it i, I mean i love that approach man and i couldn't help but think of you know, in my world, uh, Michael Phelps is the goat um, in the swim world. And he's, you know, the head, the face of Talkspace, um, yeah. right? And it was kind of like, okay, but how is this actually like proactively helping out and finding a solution? And I guess to some extent they do, um, but I think more can be, be done there. So I appreciate that answer and just kind of where you're going with it. I want to end with uh, the fast five, which are just, rapid fire, one sentence, one word answers. Uh, the first one okay. being is what is your go-to podcast that you're listening to right now? Ooh. Uh, the Pivot. Great choice. Yeah, Ryan Clark's my guy. I did the episode with them back in May. Um, didn't even know. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to that right after this. Should have done my research better. Yeah. <laughs> number two no, what good. is um what's your favorite book that you've read in the past year uh, the power of now by Eckhart Tolle uh a, a slight caveat I don't read much I listen to all my books perfect nothing wrong with that you know you're yeah. a man on the go yeah I have no I have no I have no shame saying I don't know I consume my learning style is based uh, or best effective when I listen uh not necessarily sit down and read and so um there can be some shame in saying i don't read but no i listen to audiobooks it's all right i've had guests tell me they haven't read in like five years at all so like that's a great answer as long as you're learning yeah. as long as you're learning right like and however you learn that's what most that's what's most important that's why i set it up that way of podcast and book because uh, i know people like to learn differently number three what's something that you can't yeah, live without sure. Maybe like family. Great choice. Great choice. Number four, what is a quote that you live by? Hmm. There's so many that's showing up for me right now. I'll tell you one that was a driving force for me when I was a kid. Uh, my dad made me put on my door when I was younger. If you all, if you always do what you've always done you'll always get what you've always gotten. Mm. That doesn't motivate you to change so you something, want, you know? Yeah. If you if you want to see change, you better start doing something differently. Absolutely. Start with yourself. Absolutely. Number five is if you could sum up your just focus right now into one word, what is that word? Present. The, the theme of the, the whole show, man. Well, I'm trying to tell you, man, it's been a game changer for me. 
<laughs> Quite literally a game changer. If you take nothing away from this conversation, just know being present is of top importance, not just in your life, Ryan, but um, for everyone. Ryan, man, I just want to acknowledge you. Like I said, the, the work that you're doing, it speaks for you. Um, and that's what I love about, and that's why I felt called to reach out to you. So I just want to acknowledge you for the work and the, the way that you're showing up in this world, man, it, oh, it yeah. truly is making a difference. Where can those yeah, listening in connect more with you, connect more with Alchemy and stay up to everything that you guys are doing? Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you having me on. It means a lot. Uh, and thank you so much for the work that you do, right? Like we all have a role to play uh, yeah. and every voice is an important voice. So thank you so much so, yeah, so uh, for having me on the show. Uh, but you can find me, my personal handles are across all social media. Ryan G Mundy and UMDY uh, on Instagram and also Twitter. Um, and then I also do some posting on, on LinkedIn as well. Uh, and in my company, Alchemy Health, uh, we are Alchemy Health on all social media channels. And Alchemy is spelled A L K E M E Health. Uh, and then lastly, you can visit our platform, uh, watch W A T C H dot Alchemy, A L K E M E Health.com. And create a free account. We have over, at this point in time, almost 250 pieces of like self-care and wellness content that feature mental health video courses, um, meditations, uh, sound bath exercises. And we also host like live conversations on our platform that provide real-time context to cultural happenings. And all you got to do is create a free account uh, to join our community. And so uh, all are welcome on our platform because uh, we know that culture permeates and it spreads through and uh, we're just trying to make everybody healthy and whole uh, because we believe that a healthy life starts with a healthy mind beautifully done man and i loved it i'm gonna go check it out a little bit more myself and have nothing but good things to say about it oh good man i appreciate you thank you so much yeah man appreciate you tuning in be sure to share ryan's story with a friend family member or teammate because together we go far and until next week flow on my friends